is the Criterion Creeps podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week we're traversing the globe in hijinks and Sue as we watch spine 163 in the Criterion Collection, Ronald Neem's Hopscotch from 1980. But first, RJ, mm-hmm. how, how are you today? I mean, I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you're doing, though. I heard, um, so I had a mutual friend uh, who said that they saw you today at your place of work. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were saying that they saw you, you were walking, you were looking good. They're like, yeah, he was looking svelte. He was this big, big, thin man walking around. And they're like, and I saw him. And because my eye level is like directly in line with their ass. Your ass, that is. Yeah. Because you are tall and they are a short person. They're like, I couldn't help but notice that he had a little little rip in his ass. Oh. But it was stitched but it was stitched up. And she is like, I wonder what the story was behind that stitch right in his ass. Like, did he mean to rip out his butt? Or like what was going on? So I just wanted to ask you, like, what's going on with that rip in your pants? Well, uh at some point that particular pair of jeans got a tear mm-hmm. in it. And I have no idea when or how that happened. And uh, it got patched up. Was it like in a comical way? Like you were bending over and it ripped right in no, your ass? It's, or... like, it's not even in a spot where it would tear that way. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, like, that's fine. Yeah. It's like, like she, it's she didn't... No, she didn't say it was a bad thing, but she was just like, my, my line of sight was right into his butthole. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I just noticed that there was this rip there. Oh, and yeah. she's like, I was really curious as to how it happened and uh, like what came of it. So I don't know. I thought I would ask you because yeah. sometimes there is a good story behind oh, it. No. I had, yeah, you know. I wish I, uh, no, I've, I've had times where like, you know, it's, it's the usual, you squat down and then you hear, and you go, mm-hmm. oh my, I, I have no idea when that tear happened. So... Yeah, that was some, that heard... was like that was months ago too, and then uh, I, I, uh, I, I Chanel patched it up for me. And, oh, that's um, nice of her. So she did that, and uh, I've been I've been sporting those for the last couple of weeks. And Chanel said, Ooh. "Hey, has anyone brought up that patch in your butt?" <laughs> and I went, "Nope, no one seems to care." But I'm glad that somebody did. Well, now you can say that millions of people on the internet yep. have now been alerted to the mm-hmm. the huge rip in your ass. Keep your eyes peeled, folks, because you never mm-hmm. know. Maybe, maybe you'll be seeing people with tears in their asses as well. And you can if go, you, wow, that reminds me of that time on that podcast. If you stay, if you see a, a, a tall, svelte-looking guy with a huge rip in his ass, maybe it's Jared. Maybe. So, anyways, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what about you, dude? Um. Well. Swell. Good to good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. I don't Moving know. right along. Yeah. I, there's things I don't want to talk about, and I'm just like, no, I'm just not going to do that. Hey, RJ. Oh, I, I know what you mean. It's Alberta news, baby. Yeah. It, it, oh man. Yeah. Pro- provincial news. <laughs> Guess what, guys? Bad Al- times for Al- everyone. Alberta's going to Alberta. That's what it comes down to. Highest um, voter turnout in like decades. History. I don't know if it's history, but it's definitely right. like long some, time. Yeah, it might be history. And uh, the we'll just say my choice did not win. And uh, hey, as as long as you voted, you can complain about it. Though you have the right to complain about. It. You say not my government. Yeah, and there's still right, there's still counting going on in our uh, our own backyard. So. 
Oh, I thought they were done. I know the one was close, but it's whatever. Very, it's very close, and they're still counting yeah. some votes. <sighs> Let's just say, too bad. Yep. Anyways, yep. so yeah, it's it's kind of yep. back. it's it's but what it is is it's a move to the status quo. It's it's gone back yep. to normal, which is well. Not what ha- what happened before four years ago was an anomaly that should basic probably never have happened. So we were lucky we had it at all. Yep. And, here, yep. and now here we are. Talking about it on the internet. That's right. That's very yeah. unique. No one else has done that, I'm pretty sure. I don't think anyone does the thing we do. Yeah. But hey, RJ. What? We got some emails to get through. Good ones? Uh, we got some first-timers. Like a, like a bunch of new first-timers. A bunch? Yeah. Where they been hiding? Well, I guess something about hopscotch maybe has brought them out <laughs> of the woodwork. I can kind of get behind that. Maybe it's Walter Matthau, and they're like, yeah. I don't blame him. That, that Walter Matthau, ooh, yeah. So first yeah. up, RJ. Uh-huh. We got an email from Jackson. Jackson, has Jackson emailed in no. before? Okay. Hey, Jared and RJ. This is Jackson from Washington. First-time emailer and long-time listener. About one month. Mm-hmm. Been mm-hmm. going through the collection. Have enjoyed hearing your thoughts uh, in addition. Great job, mm-hmm. and I look forward to you guys getting to Solaris, Straw Dogs, and Stan Brackage in the near future. Mm. Also, Drive the Crooked Road on the Criterion Channel is an excellent addition to the Sad Bastard Cinema Canon. Thanks for turning me on to Bad Moon in the War Game from Jackson. Well, mm. thanks for the email, and you're welcome. Bad Moon's a good time. Oh, yeah, Bad Moon fucking rules. Yeah, other than that that janky wolf transformation. But uh, other than that, mm. it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I wouldn't hold that against it. That opening in Bad Moon, though, when that dude's just straight slashing throats, that's pretty rad. What is the other movie he mentioned? Was that a Jared pick? The War, uh, the war Game? Uh, so that's uh, the uh, Peter Watkins movie. Uh, oh. a, I don't know if you've... Have I made you watch that yet? I don't know. Have you talked about it on the podcast? I must have. This this guy knows, oh. or he maybe used my uh, letterbox and saw it. I, mm. I don't recall. Well, I don't know. You could have. I don't listen to you when you <clears throat> talk, so that's very that's possible. But always nice to hear from new people. Mm-hmm. And RJ, that's not yeah. the last. We oh. have Justin Peterson His, okay. with my first email to the legendary creeps. Ooh. Hey maybe. there, Jared and RJ. Hope you guys are kicking ass and chewing bubble gum this week. So, mm. the first artsy movie that rocked my world was Fight Club when I saw it after it first <laughs> hit the shelf at Blockbuster when Terrific. I was in middle school. On many occasions, RJ has mentioned he does not like this Fincher classic, possibly <laughs> going as far uh-huh. to say this movie is for basic bitches. Lol. That's true. I just started journeying into the back catalog of your uh, full episodes and was uh-huh. curious if you could point out an episode where you break down your disdain for Fight Club. Um, well, I'll do it right now. Yeah, like, I don't know if there's but, any one particular wait, is there any more to okay, his yeah, email yeah, yeah, or yeah, should I'll I hit it? Let, let me to finish. A uh, okay. cu- couple more criterion questions for you awesome Canucks. Do mm-hmm. you have a plan for how you will tackle massive criterion spines like Decalogue and Human Condition? Um, <laughs> no, we'll be dead no, by then. Well, uh, yeah, I think the first one that's coming up before those two is uh, Berlin Alexander Platz. All uh, 14 hours of that miniseries. Um, oh. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We're gonna we're gonna figure it out. Decalogue, I think, breaks down pretty easily because it would be like you could do like three or four episodes doing like three yep. episodes at a time. Uh, Alexander Platz. Uh, I mean, I don't know. People watch uh, Netflix shows and like binge it in a weekend and do it. All, they do it yep. all day long. So 
I don't know uh, how smooth of watching experience it necessarily will be. Uh, Human condition or Showa. Showa's nine hours. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll my, uh, cross that bridge, I think, when we get there. My plan is to be dead before we even air, even begin to think about recording that episode. There, there's another option. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, RJ, mm-hmm. what's your favorite Terrence Malick movie? Ugh. Offhand? Yeah. I don't know, man. I do like Days of Heaven. I could say The Thin Red Line because that was the movie that got me into it, but um, I don't know, dude. Let's go with Days of Heaven. Sure. I mean, it was shot in our backyard. Yeah, it was shot like, I don't know, 30, not even 30 minutes away from us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll say Days of Heaven, and uh, you can say whatever it is that uh, you want to say. All right. Uh, well, no, that was a question for you. My question oh, for is... for me? Yeah, that was you. You just answered. Oh, shit. And now, okay. J- and Jarrett, what has been the most overrated criterion so far in The Creep? Um, I would go with uh, La Aventura, uh, I think. I, yeah, that's a good call. La Aventura is e- very over it. I took your answer. Well, you, he didn't ask you, but uh, I, I think that yeah, we're on. The, I, I think no. we're both. I think we're on the same page on that one, though. I think yeah. like my the level of like that's it with that movie for me is like wow because that movie's got like it's got the rep that goes beyond anything else. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. And hey, what's he, your favorite Terrence Malick movie, Jarrett? <sighs> Tree of Life. Probably Days of Heaven. I think uh, I've only seen nice. I've, only, I've only seen Badlands once. Um, it's coming up in yeah not very soon. Yeah. <laughs> he concludes. Thanks for your time, fellas, and listening to you all chat and BS about movies is now a staple of my Thursday drive home. Well, nice. that's awesome. I love actually hearing how people listen to our show. So. Hey, f- future writers and whatnot, let us know how you listen to our show. Because I'm curious. I listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. while walking and uh, sitting in my office. I listen to a lot of pa- podcasts on the toilet, and it's uh, it's become a part of me now. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not even joking. I'm being completely honest. So that's nice to hear. Yeah, yeah, Next- it is nice to hear from two new people. Yeah. Next up. Wait, hey, hey, I didn't answer that thing about Fight Club. Oh yeah, I'll I'll, squa- most, I'll squash shit. this bitch once and for all. Okay, well, so I, I think. Okay, go ahead. Can I go say ahead. okay? I watched Fight Club in high school, and uh-huh. I Fight Club is a pretty cool movie. It's uh very stylish, and I liked it a lot. The last time I rewatched it, I was kind of like, man, this movie's just like, real really dark and unrelentingly dark, and kind of like mm-hmm. hmm, repetitive. I still really like the movie, um, but I don't I don't want to blow RJ's spot here. But I feel like. Mm-hmm. The uh, his issues with it have more to do with the fandom than yeah. The let film me tell itself. you, Jared. Yeah, let me tell you about my issues with Fight Club. It is mostly fandom. Uh, so I like every other middle schooler, like uh, Justin. Yeah, you said right, Justin Peterson. Yeah, he's a letterbox guy. So I am like him. I discovered this in middle school, junior high, and I was like, yeah, that movie's fucking rad. I love that shit. But I was also really into Scarface, <laughs> and I was also really into Boondock Saints. And I had one of those. I had all three of those posters in my basement when I was like 15. And then I grew up. Did you Did you have the Pulp Fiction poster as well? Mm, I didn't, but a friend of mine. Re- did. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, a friend of the show, Ham Meat, had Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and uh, Casino, Ooh. which was actually, he gave me that for Christmas. It was had, like a laminated I had board. Casino as well. Yeah, the Casino one's pretty dope. That one can stay. But uh, so I watched, like, all those movies were good. But then when I grew up, 
And I saw that it was like the same guys that are like 35 years old now. And they're still like, man, Fight Club, they got it right, man. Like they were the ones saying that shit. Scarface, you know, (laughs) first you get the money, then you get the power. That's what I want to be. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? So and it's not even just like those ones are very literal where it's like that one I've actually seen in people I know that like still collect that shit. And I'm just like, ugh. (laughs) <laughs> Come on, you guys. But then, I don't know, it is it is fandom where it's it's like the Rick and Morty thing. Where it's like the fans of those movies and those shows have completely taken over what it is that I feel like they've ruined it for me. Where it's like all the fans of Fight Club, like you know who likes Fight Club. Because they tell you that they like Fight Club. It's like, it's so much of their their personality. It's like, hey, I do CrossFit and I love fucking Fight Club. And you're like... All right, dude. Or it's like the people who just drop it casually. You're like, how are you doing, man? First rule of Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. And you're like, uh, all right. It's like, you could have just said fine, but okay. <laughs> so it's like, it, I, it's kind of like what Jared said. I don't actually have a problem with the movie that much, but it is actually, I know it's, I know it's dumb, but people have ruined those movies for me. All of them. Yep. Yep. So there you go. Yep. There you go. Next up, Sam Sanchez. Oh, double hitter. Email. Is hey. that what he put it in he, there? He did. <laughs> hey, like again. Email. Just a follow up from last week's oh, email where Jared recommended it. I check out Eight Diagram Pole Fighter during my Hong Kong movie marathon. Was already on my list, but decided to bump it up quicker and ended up watching yesterday, Monday, and thought it was awesome. Kind of like Jared mm. mentioned when going through some lists of directors where he just starts from the beginning and goes through it all. I made a list of probably like 60 plus movies and ordered them chronologically and have been going through it uh, almost in order. Usually the way I try to do these two. Finally, beginning to be uh, able to differentiate between actors who keep showing up in all of these, how prolific and underrated uh, Cheng She is as a director, and learn that Lu Chao Yang and Lao Karlung are the same person. <laughs> of course. Yeah, uh, Cheng She is awesome. He's a very good director. Uh, Ooh. Well, uh, director, Cheng She, C-H-E-H. Uh, Ooh. Exactly. Um, oh, okay. Some like RJ, uh, seems like RJ is doing the same thing uh, I am, but what? with Netflix stand-up specials, equally rewarding, I'm sure. Yeah, so Andrea watches a lot of um, stand-up, and she always has, she's seen, I, I guarantee, like, I'm not even kidding, every stand-up available on Netflix and Prime and Crave, probably twice. So she'll watch ones that she likes, and then she shows me. And you know what? It is super refreshing because it's like they're all like 50 minutes long or an hour at most you just pop that shit on and you do whatever the fuck you feel like you don't have to worry about anything it's awesome that was what he said right or was that you saying what i'm doing Uh, that was him okay yeah yeah i agree yeah and concludes keep it up guys well sam i'm glad you enjoy eight diagram pole fighter because you are a sane person that loves movies and gets mm. fun rj you would like this what? movie as well um, are you saying i don't get fun um i don't know i'm uh, the funnest guy around I, I got three more hong kong picks for you mm. holy flame of the martial world um mm. this movie is ridiculous I, I but it's one of those things where you know sometimes there's downtime in a movie and you can like glance down at your phone to go look at something this movie mm-hmm. does not allow that it is non-stop ridiculousness uh the second one mm. uh return of the one armed swordsman 
it might, you might want to watch One Armed Swordsman first, but uh, Return of the One Armed Swordsman is like one of the most re- like violent things around. It's uh, something special, something mm. special. And then finally, uh, no, this is not a kung fu movie, but uh, Hong Kong. Uh, it's called Writing Wrongs. It's uh, mm. it's an action movie, and again, it is uh, just awesome the way like a, a John Woo movie is. And uh, what an ending! What an ending! But. I got a Hong Kong movie for you, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of Dennis the Menace? Uh, I have, but we'll, wait, we'll get there. Oh, okay, it wasn't Gone in sixty seconds? Wasn't that filmed in Hong Kong? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, keep talking about whatever you were talking about. We have uh, uh, a guy who hasn't written for a while, George Hoshmeyer. Who? George Hoshmeyer. Has he written in before too? He has. He he uh, wrote in okay. to uh, uh, laugh at my pronunciations. So. Oh, okay. I before you start, I, I'll say if if I don't remember you, I'm sorry, but I just I don't listen to Jarrett. It's not your fault. It's Jarrett's fault. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. never and you've never actually looked in the uh, the Gmail account uh, once in your life. I don't think so. so. No, I'm in charge of the Instagram. That's, That's right. My one job. That's it. Your one post a week. Hey, I sometimes do more than one. Four four letters, one image, and you move four on. Four words, you mean? Hey, sorry, four letters. Um, and then, or, or you or you write long, long, long posts. Sometimes. Yeah, that people people have commented. They they think I'm on Whippets when I write mm-hmm. those things, which Indeed. is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so George writes, "Hello, boys." <laughs> I just think of Edward G. Robinson. Hello, boys. Oh, my. It's been a while since I wrote in. Just wanted to let you know that I'm still enjoying your episodes. I've had some time to listen to some older ones. Uh, You know, back from when Kirk Douglas was still alive. And I was glad to hear you were enthusiastic about Spurlos. This is your single Dutch contribution to the collection, not counting Verhoeven's Robocop. Since the last Mm. weeks, uh, the email section has been very listener interactive. Here's my part. What is your top three uh, movies from the collection that you knew little of, but in the end, blew your dick off? Happy Easter, George. Um, You go first, because I'm going to have to pull up my list. Okay. Um, After careful deliberation, going onto my letterbox and checking out my scores for movies that were first-time views... Uh, there is, what is it? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine movies potentially that I could pick. Mm-hmm. Um, skimming over this, I would probably say Knights of Kiberia. Uh, yeah. uh, I would say Pygmalion because that movie I really still like a lot. I don't know if necessarily mm-hmm. if it'll, uh, be as amazing on a second viewing, but I was like, wow, this movie is mm-hmm. so much better than I ex- expected. Uh, mm-hmm. and we'll just, we'll throw it. Maybe even Tokyo Olympiad, a recent movie. Cool. I got some for you, Jared. Okay. So I have movies that are higher up, but those are like movies I knew about. I just hadn't watched. Yeah. I'd say the movies that totally surprised me were um, The Red Shoes. Okay. Uh, Autumn Sonata. That was on my list. And then I was going to say Black Orpheus, but I'm going to go Charade. Ah. Or Charade. Um. I'll go with those three because those are lesser known. I mean, I could just say Fishing with John for all three of those picks, but that's not totally fair. So <laughs> Red Shoes, Autumn Sonata, and Charade. Excellent. Good quality movies. N- no Le Trois. <laughs> uh No, that movie's good. That movie's real good, but that's more that's more of a Jarrett pick than an RJ pick. Mm. It's about men in prison. Yeah, you you said the thing there. The other one that I was like real 
like close on and like ah, just, uh, it should be Juliet of the Spirits. I was I thought you were gonna say that to be I, honest. That, that's why I, I went with Tokyo Olympiad because it's like mm-hmm. a movie that I did. I went in with like less expectations, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, that obscure object of desire is pretty awesome too. But the real question, Jared, is in all of those, where does summertime land? <laughs> nowhere. In the top ten? Nowhere. Nowhere. Jared. It's, it's not even rated, so it's, I can't. It can't be said to be overrated. Jared. I've noticed actually a lot of listeners watch that, and they were giving it pretty poor ratings too. And I was like, was I wrong on that? And then I was like, no, no, I think I'm right. <laughs> As long as, as long as you think it, if you believe it, you can't be wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's all that yeah, works. Those are, yeah, those are my answers. And thank you, George, for the email. <laughs> oh, okay. Finally, RJ. Yeah. Frank Solano. There he is. In the creep zone. Ooh, the I'm, creep. Is that what we're calling it? Or is that what Ryan called it last week? Uh, the creep zone? I don't know. what he. I can't remember what he called it. Okay. Uh, this email titled... Another damn Q&A because Frank was lazy as fuck today. Good day, mm. fellows. Sadly, I have to report that I've yet to try the Monster Mac or Grand Mac. The creature goes by many names. But I'll be mm. diving into that grease sandwich soon, and I'll let you Ooh. in on the full story. So Baby. because I didn't have that much to talk about, I have three questions, all concerning different things. First, a question mm. about the origin of the podcast. What made you guys hmm. take on this life-seeping challenge and chain yourselves to the never-ending train that is the Criterion Collection? Why not Kino or any of those other weird collections that release dumber films? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. What did he say was a dumb film? Or a dumber dumber films, like collections, I guess. Like Kino. Um, uh, I see. Let's not go crazy here. Uh, Kino, I just mm. saw, is actually putting out Alphaville on Blu-ray, which is like... Uh, great. Is that good? I think so. I, I think because that that uh, DVD is like pretty pretty creaky. And they're putting out lots of kind of exciting stuff. Lost Highway, uh, sweet Ooh, sweet cool. sweet charity. Um, sweet who? Uh, Bob Fosse's uh, crazy musical. Uh, oh okay. Yeah, I don't know. There's like Kino's Kino's quite good. Um, to answer that question, uh, I I. I believe i presented it to you as a thing to for us to do and thinking Mm that would be a lot of fun (laughs) and and here we are (laughs) many many years and many hours later that we cannot get back yeah i mean i I, you know what more or less what happened yeah i mean i don't know criterion just seemed like the obvious thing to do you know uh... well you did present it to me and you're like hey you ever uh thought about one of these uh, you said a lot of us in there, and I was like, I, I, I don't think, know. I think I was also getting frustrated with uh, Criterion podcasts because well, I remember, at, well, podcasts in general, but I remember yeah. when you presented it to me, one of the biggest problems was all these Criterion podcasts out there. It's all these chumps talking about fucking like lens sizes and like lighting and all this shit. And it's like, well, who cares? If you want to do film studies, go into film studies. Like I will say that I have yet to actually listen to a full episode of any Criterion podcast because I didn't That's even true. I didn't even know if any existed when we started. Yeah. I, it wasn't oh, until maybe uh, I made up. I it, was, it wasn't until I actually bothered to look it up uh, yeah. when we were doing this, and I went, "Oh, there's a bunch, and uh, they're not as good, I don't think, as ours." I've never listened to them either, but uh, I think what the thing we did when we booked when we're like, maybe we should try this, and we googled it, and it was like, "Oh, there was a bunch that like started." But they none of these have put out an episode in like a year or two. And it's like, well, I guess that means it's open market because they all gave up. 
That's right. Quit us. Yeah. Quit us. If I had more time, I would definitely do a uh, a Vinegar Syndrome podcast, though. Just do it on here. Pornography, RJ. I don't, oh. I don't think you're ready for that. I've never wanted that, but I don't... You always do stuff I don't like, so... What's going to stop you? So, foolishness and boredom. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Second question. If Criterion were to start releasing 4K discs, how much do you think those fuckers would go for? Would they ever be worth buying, especially now with the Criterion channel? Is anything worth mm-hmm. buying now with the Criterion channel? Uh, uh, last week, say. last last week, I brought this up uh, as far as the idea of buying the buying movies from Criterion. Yeah, I don't know if it is. I well, guess, what is a Blu-ray? Thirty-five dollars, like average. Uh, retail price, I do believe, is forty dollars US. So, so when, they, when they do yeah. 50, when they do fifty off their twenty, in Canada they are really expensive if you don't pre-order them, and even pre-order they're like forty-eight dollars now, which is just stupid beyond belief mm-hmm. so I, I haven't ordered a criterion for a while i, I haven't even yeah. ordered police story uh so yeah. we'll, 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 we'll talk we'll talk about those july releases later but uh, they, they, uh, they, they say they're never doing 4k which kind of sucks because i got that 4k player 4k tv i got that fire stick 4k thing <gasps> whoa yeah so i can watch that criterion channel so you're in the money now hey mm-hmm I'm in that business. Uh, I'm go. in the. My house is being surveilled by Amazon yes, for market research at all times now. So, I, well, that's, whatever. That's, that's great. Uh, what do you What do you have to hide? Like you, wouldn't you like to know? Uh-huh. Last question: What movies do you most regret buying? And if you can't remember, then what are the most recent ones that you do? I swear to God, only lovers left alive. Lord of the Flies and Sophie's Choice are probably my most expensive mistakes, though I think that Adam Sandler's movies are the ones I wish I could forget the most. Have a good one, guys. Mm. I I definitely have movies that I was like, why the fuck did I buy this? <laughs> and I uh, I couldn't tell you offhand, but I have a whole box in my garage, and I'll go have a peek later. But there there's tons of movies where it's like, they're not even opened. And I bought them like eight years ago. And I'm like, I don't fucking want this. Like... <laughs> Why did I ever want to own this thing? I don't know. I have a, uh, in my closet here, about five feet away, I have gigantic Tupperware bins filled with DVDs. Filled. Mm. And uh, I don't want to look through them that often. My life is regret. <laughs> so Yeah, that's a good way to summarize you as a person. It's hard to pick out any one thing. With criteria, regret, with, remorse. With, with, with buying criterions, I find that I that generally have less regret because there's always like, well, I can re- I can resell this probably, but buying mm-hmm. stu- studio movies for sure. Like, oh hey, you know what's a criterion? I regret buying Walkabout. Ah, there you go. I paid money for that thing Yay. and I watched it and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't want this, and so I gave it to Jared because he is a bad person. I upgraded mine to a Blu-ray right then and there. It was great. Yeah, he even owned it already. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you about his character? Well, <laughs> not much. That's right. Not much at all. Not much. But yeah, I think most of my regrets would be like it would be horror movies, some recent horror movies oh. that I blind bought, and I just why did I get this? There's this one called like Thanatomorphos. It's a <laughs> French Canadian movie. I nice. just, I never finished it. It was just not at all what I was looking for. So it was good. Yep. 
Real good. Good? Yeah. Nice. Hey, RJ. What? What you been creeping on this week? Holy fuck. I watched like a thousand movies this week, dude. You watched a lot of stuff this week. Yeah. What, and what it's happened? not even all stand-up. What I happened? don't know. I uh, Actually, I was sick on the weekend. I got a oh. cold from uh, some of those punk kids. So I, on this weekend, I was like, I really don't want to do anything. I was like, I just want to stay at home and try not to be a big piece of shit, which is my normal life. But uh, I watched a lot of movies, and I'll tell you about a few of them. Uh, you can point me in a direction later. But the first up, I'm going to tell you about Captain Marvel, Jared. <gasps> a movie that I was brought to. Uh, it wasn't my first pick. I wanted to go see that Hellboy movie because I was like, hey, that looks cool. And then the reviews came out that day. And I was like, whoa. I was like, now I, I do want to see it even more. But <laughs> I, I will eventually. So I went to Captain Marvel. And uh, I was surprised. This has been out for like two months or so. And I went on a Thursday night. And there was actually a pretty solid crowd in the theater. Like, it wasn't half full. But it, I bet it was like a quarter full. I, I was surprised. I was like, shit. For a late movie on a Thursday night, two months after the release. There were these people, though, who were like... There was a lady, an older lady on crutches. And she came to the movie 20 minutes late. She crutched all the way up to the very back, <laughs> sat down. Ten minutes later, she got up and crutched all the way down. It took her like ten minutes to leave. She left for another 20 minutes and then came back and crutched all the way up. And I was like, what is this lady up to? <laughs> like, you know, I was like, it seems like you're putting yourself through a lot of discomfort to sit through this fucking piece of shit movie. Like, just sit in the front. I guess maybe that was hard on her eyes. I don't know, Jared. I don't want to assume what her life is like. But anyways, I watched this Cat Marvel movie, Jerry. I'm happy to report that uh, this is not good, mm -hmm. I would say. And I would say objectively not good. Uh, I don't... I, I won't lie. I am a hetero white male from North America. Uh, and I did not like this movie. But I don't feel like my problems are... I have no problem with Brie Larson. I thought she was fine. I have no problems with the strong female message. That's fine. I don't care about that, but I actually think this is a pretty dumpy movie. Like, it hits all of the beats that you would expect one of these movies to hit. A Marvel and so, movie. Yeah, and so Baden, well, even that, though, it's like, I think this even does more than even a Marvel movie would. Like, there, th the last one I saw, I think that was, I saw Infinity War, but like before that, I don't know, like Ant-Man or something. And I was like, uh, I was like, it wasn't exactly what I thought. I thought it would be even worse, but it wasn't that bad. And then this one, the first like 20 minutes of this thing are horrendous. Like it's her train with Jude Law and you're like, oh, is Jude Law going to be the bad guy? Probably. Are they telling her to control her emotions? Oh, sure they are. Is any of this relevant or do you care at all <laughs> not at all she's like going around and they're killing the scrolls and stuff and it's like this movie jared this is like are we the real monsters mm -hmm. as a movie yeah i've heard and like i'm i'm spoiling this but like that is actually what this movie is where like the whole time you're just like okay i'm pretty sure we all can guess that the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys are the good guys nobody is fucking surprised by this and then, like, they wait until the last five minutes to, like, drop that on you. And you're like, yeah, we know. Like, <laughs> Christ. Like, it's not that complicated. 
it's also packed in with all this like I don't know all the cliched stuff where it's like we're going in covert mission man and then it's like the comms they don't work what are we doing it's a trap and you're like all right then you have like energy blasts coming out of people's hands like unexplained (laughs) energy like power levels where it's just like what is happening there's a scene where i've heard people say that there's a scene where so the the Cree people have like this thing called like the Supreme Intelligence or, yeah. or something. I don't I don't know oh, okay. the comics that well. Is is so, it a like, big is it a big green thing? No, it is oh. an artificial intelligence that's like a, a gel that sticks to their skin mm, and then yeah. it manifests itself as to whatever the person it's going to. It's mm. like they're it's like we're gonna make something based on your memory. Yeah. So it's like that, but there's a scene in that where it's um some old bitch. No, not an old bitch. She's actually a, a pretty like classy lady. What's her name? She's like an old actress. Uh, you know her, Jarrett. Her name is Annette Benning. Hmm. So she is like in this, and she is Brie Larson's like uh, supreme intelligence thing, and she's fine. But there's a scene in this movie where she's like, "You can't leave unless I want you to leave." Ah, and she like throws her hands up and like these rainbow waves come out of her hands and it's just Brie Larson like real pouty face like ah, ah, ah. and it's like I'm gonna get you uh, I don't know if you saw that bit of news from uh, like a couple days ago where it's like people are asking Brie Larson what, well, how was Avengers Endgame tell some stories about it and it boiled down to her just saying I don't know what I was filming because you get handed yeah. your script. Because every actor who works on these movies, they all tell the exact same anecdote. I'm handed a script. It's all redacted except for my lines. And then you're in, in like a green room and you're doing scenes. And people, what a, like, what a way to make a movie. Well, eh? I mean, people shit on like after Red Letter Media, Mr. Plinkett stuff, like shit talked like why the prequel movies are garbage because they were made that exact same way. But now they've just we've gotten better at making movies like that until. We, mm. Until we destroy these movies uh, 10 years from now on YouTube videos yeah. or less. I don't think this one looks very good. Um, oh, yeah. Because the scene, scenes like that, too, where it's just like... It, like, the CGI is fine, It's it, but it doesn't look great. And then even on top of that, it's like, not even the CG. It's just... What they're doing is dumb. It's like, I don't like this at all. And it's not... It's like I said, I don't care about, like the movie or Brie Larson or any of that stuff. That's fine. It's just these Marvel movies are really just, I don't know. They're not for me either. Kind of like how you said you don't care about them, but there's all this stuff like that in there. And you're like, you're like, I'm not into this. And then there's all this like wishy washy background stuff where they try to like build up her character where it's like, you were this ace pilot and you had this, you had these friends that you loved and then it's like here they are now, and you're like, who who cares? Like you're not invested at all. You don't give a shit. And what was her call sign, RJ? Uh, higher, further, faster, or she like did like the salute or something? Is that what you mean? Or wasn't like her like name or like her like Avenger or some shit? Oh, she was she was uh, Carol Avenger Danvers. Yeah. And then in the movie, she had a dog tag that was Carol Danvers. But when she got found by the Cree, it was broken half and it just said Vers. So they her name was Vers in this movie, which is dumb. Uh, but there's like all this stuff. And Jude Law, I don't know if I've ever said on this podcast, I don't like Jude Law. I think Jude Law sucks. Uh, and this is a prime example of why Jude Law sucks. 
He's a really shitty actor. I don't know how they convinced him in this. What about uh, it, what, what about that time he got out of the bathtub in Talented Mr. Ripley? I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I've ever seen Talented Mr. Ripley. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't think Jude Law's that good. And I think anyone involved in this should be embarrassed by when they're walking around in the Cree uniforms and they have these guns and they're just walking around and it's like pew, pew. And Jude Law has these like blue contacts in and he's he's trying so hard to be the snide bad guy where he's just like, I did it. What are you going to do about it? I'm tougher than you, baby. And it's just like, all right. Uh, Sam Jackson's in this a lot. He's fine. Like him and Brie Larson are good together. But at the same time, I don't know. This movie's so fucking long. It's over two hours where I think if they cut out like 40 minutes, it would probably be entertaining. But it's so long. There's some scenes where you're just like, holy fuck. Like, hurry up. <laughs> so there's stuff like that. Um, there's all this stuff with the cat goose, which I wasn't a fan of. Yeah, I know. Like, it's not a real cat when they're tossing it around. But there are scenes where Jude Law's scruffing that cat. And I was like, hey, Jude Law, stop scruffing that cat. Piece of shit. So that was weird. And then I'll get to my last point here. This movie has pretty gross cultural appropriation, which I believe is uh, an artifact from the comic books. But so, Jared, you know how they are the Cree people? Sure. And you know how there is a vote, like not totally here, but in the provinces near us, there's a local indigenous First Nations band of people also known as the Cree? With a C. With a C, yeah. But is there like a distinguishable hairstyle that the Cree have or even just first nation native American first nations people. Are you talking about like Mohawks? Yeah, I'm talking about Mohawks. And, and there's Jared. a, and there's a tribe of the Mohawk tribe. Yeah. I'm talking about Mohawks, Jarrett. What the fuck is up with captain Marvel's stupid Mohawk? Oh my God. All the, so all the Cree people have Mohawks, which, uh, First of all, I was like, all right, that seems offensive to indigenous people. Uh, Shut I, up, Jared. I, I, I haven't seen an image of this. I have no frame of reference. So there, there's a couple others that have mohawks, but you know how, like, in recent comics, Captain Marvel has a mohawk now? It's like uh, when she wears her helmet, she has a mohawk. Uh, I think her hair's grown out. I think they've kind of re- done redesign since you've so read, Ke- read one. When Kelly Sue DeConnick was writing it like four, like five, six years and, ago. And Jamie McKelvey drew the. Yeah. Yeah. So that's her image in this where when she wears her helmet, her hair forms a mohawk. And then other Cree people have a mohawk too. Is that not cultural uh, appropriation? Um, because they are also, I know it's a, a K instead of a C, but it's like, so they have mohawks. The Cree people, it's like, I don't even know if the Cree people had Mohawks. It's just like a First Nations thing in North America. So it's like, if there's North American First Nations people with Mohawks, they're like, hey, let's get these Cree people. Let's throw some Mohawks on them. Am I looking too much into this? Probably. But I feel like in the age of people who get offended over everything, it's like, I wonder why this never got heat. I am not seeing any evidence of this online, so I I don't know. Of the Mohawk at all? I see. I no. That's it's in a good chunk of the movie. Yeah, well, I, I guess uh, the movie hasn't actually come out yet, so uh, like beyond like screener, I just on screen, on screeners. I just Googled Captain Marvel Mohawk and I found it. Okay, I was looking up Cree 
So Oh, so there are other people, but if you just Google Captain Marvel Mohawk, you'll see hers. I see. But there there are other Cree like it's not many. I think it's like three or four. Other Cree people have Mohawks too. Oh, see, I thought when I when I saw you using that cultural appropriation tag on Captain Marvel, I thought you were like being offended by how this movie uh, culturally appropriates the nineties. Oh, I don't give a shit about that. That's actually really bad. But like Frank talked about that when he was on here. The music is I don't know. There, there's so many like music drops that like they don't really fit with what's going on, and you're like, why is this in here? Other than just to be in here. So, oh, but no, I God. my appropriation is the Mohawk thing because oh it's like I said, God, no, this is I, okay. This to me is just crap. <laughs> like, it's doesn't like, it look bad? It's like, oh, that I haven't seen this image. Uh, that's that's, but oh. that is legitimately in the movie. Oh. That is her look. Okay, oh. <laughs> like, and I know I'm being silly, Jarrett. You are. And I'm looking too much into it, but is that, like, my point is that. Is it, in the no, era doesn't it look like, offended, it look why like didn't a, this get any heat? Doesn't it look like a Roman centurion helmet, though? That's, like, I think kind of what, I remember the Cree comics, there was mm-hmm. kind of the inflections yeah, of that. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah. Maybe, it, maybe I'm the, the racist. Maybe. And I was it, just thinking. In our neck of the woods, the Cree are a local indigenous band of people. And I was like, okay, Cree, North American, North Americans, Mohawks. And I was like, I feel like they're making that leap too. And so, I was just like, why aren't they getting heat? Yeah, if you like look up, there's like, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the characters, but they have like kind of like the Roman centurion thing. And then I guess at some point someone's like, yeah, we'll make it hair. Because, like, yeah, there's much of the soldiers. I'm going to send you this so you're aware that this is, like, an actual thing in the comic. Well, but I know it's, but it's not hair. Yeah, but it's not hair. It's, like, helmet. And I guess someone decided, this looks cool. <laughs> and it doesn't. No, I don't think it does. But anyways, what is your opinion on this? Other than it looks dumpy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of, like, how it is with the other Cree people in there. Like, it... it Regardless of whether or not it has anything to do with indigenous First Nations people, okay. it looks dumb. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I have zero interest in watching this movie. Are you, are you, are you going to watch Black Panther? Uh, I guess I kind of have to, but I do have a gap in there. I didn't. I never watched Ant Man and Wasp. No. I never watched Black Panther, and then I think there's one more in there I never watched. So I would be totally happy leaving those out. And I like like I like Paul Rudd. I would like to watch Ant-Man, but it's like, I'm happier not watching. Because if I watch Ant-Man, then it's like, well, then if only the only one left is Black Panther, I mm-hmm. feel like I should watch that too. I don't know. I'll probably watch this Endgame thing eventually. I'll get Drake to that too. Yep. So anyways, Captain Marvel stinks. Cool. What do you want to hear about next, big dog? Um, Tell me about a, a Jarrett pick. Failsafe? Yeah. All right, so I watched this fail safe by Sydney Lumet. 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 <laughs> Criterion alumni, Jarrett. Yeah. Director of Dog Day Afternoon, 12 Angry Men Network. Mm-hmm. So The Wiz. You ever seen The Wiz, Jarrett? I'm aware of it. I have not seen it, though. So Jarrett lent me fail safe, I think, probably over a year and a half ago. Yep. And there was a natural time that I should have watched this. I think it was during Charade, actually. Yeah. Maybe it was even before. Maybe. But uh, Jerry was like, yeah, you should watch Failsafe. That's a it's a real good movie. And I was like, oh, we'll eventually. And then I found out Walter Matthau was in it. And I was like, well, maybe I'll wait till Walter Matthau comes back up in The Creep. And then I did. 
And so now I watch Failsafe. Failsafe is a pretty legit, amazing movie where there is this, like... So I was kind of, like, in the first... This movie's not confused or anything, but in the first little bit, I was like, I, don't, I, I think I maybe missed, like, what actually set it off. So there's, like, these team of American bombers that are flying, and they mistakenly get the order that, like, America has been bombed by Moscow mm-hmm. or that it's going to be. So these American bombers, they get the order. It's, like, go to Moscow and drop the big one. And uh, then they, like, break off connections. It's, like, ignore all other orders. You have just been get- given, like, the final order. So they're on their way. And then in America, you find out that, like, all the American intelligence people are like, holy shit. They're like, what happened? We never told them to do that. There's no war going on. So they're trying to work to stop these planes from going to bomb Moscow. And uh, the Americans, the president, played by Henry Fonda, call uh, like he basically calls Russia and he's like, all right, this is what's going on. We didn't mean to do this, but this is what's happening. And we are going to try to stop them. And we're only telling you because we actually didn't want to do this and we're not trying to start a war with you. So they're doing this. In the background, we have a stone cold Walter Matthau as a political scientist who you're getting given a great intro. He has like one of the best monologues I've ever heard where he's talking about like nuclear Holocaust. Yep. And he, he's like, you know what? The only people that would be left would be convicts and like uh, accountants. And someone's like, oh, that's such a good joke. And he's like, I'm not joking. He's like, they are protected by like the brick and like lead lined buildings that they live in. He's like, they are naturally the only people who would be left. And he's like, at the end result, you would have a war between the violent, unorganized convicts and the nonviolent, but highly organized and intelligent accountants. He's like, who do you think would win? And then everyone at his like dinner party is just like, oh, okay. And they all get really bummed out. But it's an awesome scene. So the whole time, Walter Matthau is actually like, kind of in favor of this happening he's like you know what this could be good he's like maybe we should just bomb out moscow he's the bemused intellectual yeah he's like hey maybe this is a good thing for us he's like we could get rid of the red menace once and for all Yeah. yeah so this movie is high tension high stakes it's all in like the command room and uh like a couple between a couple command rooms with like the president on the line with russia Walter Matthau in his command room and then like the other American intelligence people and they're all just kind of trying to deal with this. Uh, Failsafe rules. This movie is awesome. It has like it's really tense. It's good. And a lot of it is just like you're seeing planes on a map like on a sonar map being blipped and you're just like oh shit what's going to happen now? And it's like bloop 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 and you're just watching a little plane fly but it's actually like you feel it you feel like it's a pretty tense thing it's better than like a mohawk walking around <laughs> so uh yeah i don't know fail safe is awesome this is a very good movie yeah very good movie excellent very good and then rj you watched the yeah. poseidon adventure i did watch the poseidon adventure from uh current episode director ronald neem mm. so this movie doesn't have walter Matthau. But it's got two other creeple moms, Jean, welcome to Mooseport, ha- Hackman, and our personal friend, Ernest Borgnine, yep. riding the bus with Bid- Big Ernest. 
Uh, so Poseidon Adventure, you're on that cruise ship. Big tidal wave knocks out um, Leslie Nielsen as captain. Ship flips turned upside down. And all of the people are like, oh, shit, what do we do now? So Gene Hackman leads a ragtag team of people through the hull, through the bottom of that ship to He's get out. Priest, right? He's a, they call him Preacher Man. Preacher, yeah. Ernest Borgnine's always like, hey, Preacher Man. Yeah. Uh, so he is a preacher, but he's kind of like a new age preacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, on the ship, he gets his first sermon. And the actual priest there is like, oh, boy. It's like, you kind of win all, all for it on this one. So the ship flips upside down. Gene Hackman's like, hey, we got to get out of here. But all the boat people are like, no, nah, fuck you, man. What do you know? They're like, we're going to stay right here. And in a very terrific scene, uh, there's like, I think... 10 people who believe him and they all climb up to this next deck and then they're like hey gene hackman's like all right last chance you guys you should come with us and they're like no fuck you <laughs> and then it explodes and water floods the the whole room and then they're all climbing up this tree to like get to the next deck and it just collapses and they all die yep and gene hackman is like oh my god <laughs> uh this movie is actually pretty cool um like i i like the idea and I think a lot of the stuff that they do in this movie has been emulated and copied in lots of other movies. Like no kidding. The actual, <laughs> yes. But like the actual like individual scenes in this have been copied so, so much. Like uh, the scene where Gene Hackman and Ernest, Ernest Borgnine are like swimming with a rope like from one area to another and tying it so that all the other people can follow the rope to like get to the next sign. I was like, I've seen that in like a million movies. So it was good in this. Uh, I think this movie is actually really impressive just for the stunt work. Like it's got, it's got pretty cool stunts. Uh, all the rooms filling with water uh, and these guys swimming through it and all that. So Poseidon Adventure is pretty cool, Jared. I liked it a lot. I remember you know watching I mean? it not too long ago and kind of being like, yep, this is a fine seventies kind of action movie, I guess. But it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have that like that oomph that uh, other, I think, disaster movies have that I have not watched yeah. myself. So I'm talking about my ass a little bit there. but yeah. I don't think it's, like, amazing, but uh, I do. I, I am actually really impressed by the stunt work. And Ernest Borgnine and Gene Hackman are pretty good together. They're just, like, yelling at each other the whole movie. Yeah. And Ernest Borgnine's character has, like, a really interesting background where it's, like, his wife was an old prostitute and he was a cop and he got her off the street. And it's, like, it's a plot point in this movie where he's just, like, she's, like, well, you arrested me so many times. He's, like, I had to keep you busy before I until I could marry you. And it's, like, an endearing thing. And it's just, like, what? You're, like, what are they talking about? But that's nice. Like, they had a pretty beautiful romance, Jarrett. Yeah. So that's the Poseidon adventure. Nice. What do you want to hear about next? Mm, let's hear about... What, Lava what, what, Island? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so this thing dropped uh, unceremoniously on Amazon Prime. Nobody knew what this was. Uh, and Amazon was just like, here you go. Here's a Donald Glover movie. That's right, Jared. Childish Gambino. And the guy who directed it was the guy who directs all of uh, Atlanta, Hero Murray. And he directs a lot of... Uh, Donald Glover's music videos, too. So this thing dropped. It is 55 minutes long. It is classified as a movie, but I think that's a stretch. So it takes place on a mythical island, which is actually just Cuba. And it's all about how there is this resource there that one guy capitalized on. And he is like 
He's actually the guy from Game of Thrones who, when Khaleesi, like the guy promised Khaleesi the Golden Army and he had all that money, but he actually didn't. And then she locked him in that safe. You remember that guy? So it's that guy. And uh, he's like in charge of the silk or something on there. And Donald Glover just likes to play music. And his girlfriend is Rihanna. And the movie is about like whether they should leave. But he's like so into playing music. He can't leave. This thing reminded me of like the Beatles movies. Because it's just a vehicle for his music. Which is fine. But at the same time like there's a scene where you know that This Is America music video, Jared? Yeah. They, they do that. And right. it's like a four-minute scene where it's just basically that music video. And it's even the same dancing and stuff. So I was kind of like watching it the entire time. I was like, what is the point of this? Like, why is this here? And I'm saying that as a fan. Like, I've mentioned on this show before. I like his music. And I really like Atlanta. It's a really good show. But this thing, it's just like five minutes of them doing dialogue. And then five minutes of like a music video. And then five minutes. And then five minutes. So when this thing was over, I was like, I don't really... I was like, I don't think this is very good. It's kind of a waste of time, to be honest. You could just watch a couple of the music videos in like 10 minutes and you would be fine. Unless you were just really itching for more Donald Glover. But I'm a fan and uh, I didn't take much out of this. So I haven't seen really anyone talking about this. There's nothing to talk about. Like, no. honestly, I think I think when it first came out, there were a lot of people like, it's amazing. Oh, my God. Look how nice it looks. That's, that's the what every, music. That's what like, every person and their dog does, though, about everything. It doesn't amazing. matter what it is. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Guava Island is nothing. It's not a, it's not worth watching at all. I don't think so, at least. But what do you want to hear about next, Jared? Tell me about... Denny the many. Okay, this has probably been my last film for the night. <laughs> I hope so. Dennis the Menace by the director of Major Pain, one of our favorite movies, Creep Approved, uh, Nick Castle, and written by your buddy, John Hughes. Uh, Dennis the Menace stars our man, Walter Matthau, and your buddy from Rushmore, Mason Gamble. That cutie pie. He's also in Bad Moon, which we've already mentioned on the the pod tonight. Dennis the Menace is a 90s movie, Jared, which is... Like Captain Marvel. Based... Yes, it is. But this is a real 90s movie. It's even got Leah Thompson in it. And Ben Stein playing the uh, faceless boss in Suspenders. Uh, do you remember when Ben Stein's men money? Do you remember that show? Uh, I, I remember... <laughs> Yeah, uh, so he's all, in this. All, all goodwill, though, toward Ben Stein went away a long time ago. Yeah, nobody cares about Ben Stein. Yeah. So Dennis the Menace, Jared, I have a little story for you. I had a neighbor when I was growing up, and I called him Mr. Wilson. That's not his name. His name was uh, Henry, and his last name wasn't Wilson. But I called him Mr. Wilson. And uh, one, like, he had a son that was my brother's age, and they hung out. So it was like our fr- families were friends. But I would just always like hang out at their house. And one time he came home and I was in his living room eating a bowl of ice cream. But there was no one home. And he was like, hey, who let you in here? I was like, I don't know. He was like, who gave you that ice cream? I was like, I don't know. And we never found out how it happened. I think I broke into their house and I made (laughs) myself a bowl of ice cream. And I just sat. I sat on their living room, room floor, turned the TV on and just proceeded to eat it. So I'm a cool dude. 
That's Anyways, some, that's Dennis, some uh, real Florida man shit right there. That is some Florida man shit, but it's a fun story and I like it. So this movie has always been nostalgic for me. I, I actually, I think Dennis the Menace is actually a really good movie. It's got awesome jokes. It's Mason Gamble Dennis playing tricks on Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau is terrific in this movie. Everything about him, when he like slips on the soap and does the splits... When he's eating that paint and he's just like, it tastes like paint. All of it. It's so good. And then you have Christopher Lloyd come in playing Switchblade Sam. Yeah. Being like so greasy and so gross, creeping all the kids out. Yeah. It's awesome. And uh, Dennis, he he's wicked in this show. He He's a really good kid actor. There was a list I was working on at one point like about like inappropriate villains in children's yeah. movies and it's like Christopher oh, he's Lloyd. Definitely... Well yeah, but the other one's like um uh Bowtie Killer and Problem Child played by Michael Richards. Yeah. Uh, there's like some other movie that too that came up. I'm like what are the other movies that have like serial killers or like just like people are like oh they're going to kill that kid. I mean essentially Home Alone. It's like oh but they never really get to that point where, like, what are they going to do when they get their hands on them? They always say, "Because yeah, get... the kid always thwart, uh, thwarts them." But it's like, what would, uh, what, what would really happen? Well, we don't need to know that. No. But yeah, no, Dennis the Menace is like really good, Jared. Because Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> really he's like good. being su- he's being super shitty, and Dennis is feeding him beans and stuff. It's fucking hilarious. There are so many good screen grabs from this thing. I'm going to be on Instagram for at least a month now on the creeps, just putting Dennis the Menace it's, pictures up. Finally there. dethroning uh, general Ediamine data. Oh, I still got some Ediamines, but uh, I'm running out of those. So I'm going to start hitting the, the creeps fans out there with uh, some Dennis the Menace picks. But I don't like, I'm, I'm not even lying. I think this is a legitimately good movie. It's good. It's funny. It's not like dated and is it, uh, there's not like. Is it heavyweights good though? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm also partial to heavyweights, but uh, it is good. Um, I recommend everybody watches Dennis the Menace because it's not like there aren't dated jokes in it. It's just good classic jokes. Like Dennis is playing with uh, Mr. Wilson's fake teeth and he's like, rah, 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 and he breaks all the teeth. And it's it's quite comical, Jarrett. It's quite comical. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. So uh, this is a terrific movie, and I think everyone should watch it. Hmm. What do you What do you say to that? Go for it, kids. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm done. Cool. Uh, I watched a whole bunch of documentaries, RJ. What kind? Uh, about computers and the internet, and uh, you know, oppressive states and whistleblowers, all the mm-hmm. all the fun things in life. So the other week, uh, old Julian Assange got arrested. Got home. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, uh, the, the British went in and took him out of that Ecuadorian embassy, and uh, they're going to extradite his ass off to America. Oh, boy. And uh, in light of this, I was like, you know what? This stuff happened so long ago, like the beginnings of this. Like it was 2010 when WikiLeaks was at its like peak. Um, yeah. Now I'm like, I should maybe watch a documentary or something and get myself caught up on the, the details because – it, so much of it, like I remember following it quite closely ages ago, but since then yeah. my mind has started to wane on that stuff. And yeah, so I, I watched uh, We Steal Secrets, the story of WikiLeaks, which came out in 2013, directed by one Alex Gibney. Uh, he is not a very talented filmmaker. 
Um, this documentary serves the purpose of like delivering the information that I wanted, which is fine. But there's yeah. those uh, flourishes that uh, documentarians make that just like, why did you do that? What? Why are you mm. doing this? What like? kind? Oh, there's the bit where, uh, of course, they have something where like when I was hacking into the computer, uh, I was listening oh. to Lady Gaga, and then they have this like sequence of like Lady Gaga blowing. Out the speakers, and then there's like some some matrix esque like spiraling through the matrix of like data information mm-hmm. and visualization. Oh, it's just nah. I, I pick up what you're laying down. So th- those moments are just like they take you right out of it. Uh, but yeah. I mean, they're not really and like documentaries are a weird thing. I always find it hard to like rate them, um, and because sometimes you're just watching them because this is faster than reading a book about it. But if I really really wanted to know more about it, I would read the book. But yeah. this is kind of like I, I just want a, a refresher, and yeah, uh, th- this covers the the whole thing with WikiLeaks and Julian Assange, and then talks about the uh, Chelsea Manning stuff, which is just horrific and bullshit. Mm. And yeah, I can I, I I kind of didn't pay attention to that aspect of it that much, like the Brad, the sure. Bradley Manning stuff, and now Chelsea Manning, and just like going back and looking at that, it's just like what the fuck. But I don't know, like the most, the biggest, the, the big thing I'm talking about is the, uh, like solitary confinement for a year, uh, yeah. that, that can mess a person up pretty bad. And then you have these, oh, uh, and then I you, don't know I, if you know, Jarrett, I think you've told, to interrupt. Me, you've, you've told me this, but go on. Uh, solitary confinement, um, deals the same amount of like brain trauma as, uh, like severe car accidents and stuff where like there's certain parts of brain that are damaged in car accidents and like really severe concussions. It's the same, you get the same like diminished areas and brains from, I think it's like at the very, you start to get it at like six months to a year of confinement. So like solitary confinement is one of the worst things you can do to people. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Chelsea Manning was in that. It's actually in that now, uh, yeah. as she's been rearrested and put into solitary confinement for not testifying at some jury thing or whatever. Uh, well, yeah, you... it just keeps, yeah. it just keeps, uh, it's a nice big cycle. So anyway, it covers that. Um, and yeah, there's, we'll get to the next one. Uh, the, so I followed this up. I'm like, you know what? I, I, I need to know more about that Edward Snowden fella. So I watched Citizen Four. um, Laura Poitras documentary she did for okay. HBO a few years ago. Uh, yeah. I, I honestly like Snowden was kind of a blind spot for me. Uh, I, I kind of like, yeah. I, remember, I remember it happening. I remember all the, the talk of it, NSA doing spying stuff, all things that you kind of just figured they were doing, but this was like actual evidence of that. Um, yeah. And just, like, there's that movie. All these, all these documentaries have movies, RJ. Um, oh, sure they do. Because uh, we yeah, have the Oliver Stone one with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right? Yeah, and uh, Zachary uh, Quintos as Glenn Greenwald and uh, yeah. the, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, that's he's Julian Assange in yeah. the Fifth Estate. Uh, Ooh, fun! Yeah, that's the yeah the WikiLeaks one. Uh, I think uh, oh, my friend uh, Jessica Chastain is in one of these two, and um, oh, oh and all, all my favorite actors because uh, like I think Fassbender is uh, Steve Jobs. In something maybe oh i'm sure he is or ashton kuchner was as well they're all all my favorites all all the best the uh, mm-hmm. fucking thes- thespians there are uh, what about anyway, ed helms uh not that i'm aware that of that piece of not, shit not yet that's your book that's yours so uh citizen four uh yeah it just goes through the it's a really interesting documentary because uh it was being filmed 
like on the ground level. So you were in the hotel room with the journalists and the documentary filmmaker when they were interviewing Edward Snowden as this stuff was actually being told and revealed. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. So it's pretty like unique. Um, and then you get you don't really get to see the fall out because after everything comes out, he has to go into hiding. And I mean, a lot of this all happens in Hong Kong because he's had to he had to flee the country, mm-hmm. and uh, he's never come home since. He's still in Russia to this day. Kind of like your story, hey? Just like mine. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Me and, it is. Me, me and Poots, we're in, we're in close like this. Yeah. Do you yeah. call him Poots? Poots. Yeah, that's what. That's what I his friends call him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I see. Yeah, I see. Well, yeah. So this is. A, I thought it was a very like meat and potatoes documentary, but it was like very. Uh, it plays out like a thriller because <laughs> it's. Hmm. It actually was happening, and there's these weird scenes. You just find out stuff. It, the information comes out. Um, yeah, the, the thing my takeaway from watching these two back to back was the footage of like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama all just like doing the walk in the line and talking shit. And you're just like, fuck, this makes me so mad. But I'm like, man, and like, this is the stuff that like, they're not making asses of themselves every single day online and like being more offensive and stupid. So I can only imagine the horrible things that are happening right now. And nobody even talks about it because they're so distracted Mm -hmm. by the day to day crap. And it's just like, ah, good. Cause the, why people listen to podcasts. Exactly. Exactly. To get over that stuff. And then, RJ, so yeah, uh, I got through those. We'll see how yeah. what else I get into. But I watched uh, a nice piece of mm, nostalgia for me. And this is this one will speak to you, RJ. It's called uh-huh. Triumph of the Nerds. The, mm. the, the Rise of Accidental Empires. Uh, so this is a, okay. 19, a 1996 three-part, like 50 minutes a piece, like thing that aired on PBS. Uh, documentary uh, that covers the story of like the rise of PCs, like the the what, where did p- personal computers come from? Did you say feces? P- PCs. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can the you can see why I was confused. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it just touches on all the the, the major figures. Uh, it's told from the perspective, obviously, of 1996. Windows 95 had just launched, uh, where they spent. $300 million in marketing in 1995, mm. which uh, helped. Talking about GUIs, RJ, I know you're a big fan. Of GUIs? Yeah. Are they anything like DUIs? Uh, like your next favorite thing. Oh, I don't have any DUIs, but I know a couple people yeah. who do. Well, this is these are GUIs. GUIs? Yeah. Oh, my God. Graphical user interface, RJ. The thing oh, that we're that's looking not at, as cool as the, what the, I the, 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 the thing that we're looking at right now. Um, oh. So yeah, it's just like kind of touching on stuff that I think people don't talk about enough, and they use computers every day. Uh, this sort of thing touches on where that all came from, uh, and just like the groundwork and like how amazing it is where we're at now, and like how short a time it was in mm-hmm. reality. As soon as people put their focus on it, it just kept coming and coming and coming. Uh, just like it, us. Yep, that's right. It's fascinating too because it's uh, 1996. So you have G- Steve Jobs, who had been at this point ousted uh, by Apple in what 1991, uh, because mm. he was a little too much of a loose cannon. And then uh, one year after this documentary uh, come came out, uh, Microsoft is bailing out Apple, uh, and this is while Steve mm. Jobs has taken his money that he 
got from being bought out of the company to go start, as they call it, an animation studio. Uh, they, they don't even oh, name. They, they don't even dear. name. They, but they don't even name it. They just say, "Oh, he went. He started. An, he co-founded an animation studio." And it's like, "Oh yeah." That's all he said. That's all he said because Toy Story hadn't come out yet. Oh. Um, yeah. So it's it's, it's interesting that piece of uh, history watching it. It's very dorky. Uh, you know, you'd, as you would expect from something called Triumph of the Nerds, there's some yeah. some real assumptions made about like nerds. They're all guys because guys are all into computers. <laughs> uh, are and, they though? Uh, well, there's women too, but and they even like hey, oh. hey and they're like oh here's a woman we're talking to one right now, but there's always like guys, guys are nerds and they don't have showers and then they work on their computers and they drink lots of coke. Are they like here's a woman? I wonder what her bra size is. Yeah, they didn't leave, they didn't leave that uh, in. Wasn't that in something that you watched recently? Some kind of Gamergate thing. Oh, that was. Um... Yeah, there was that Where documentary. Where people are like, commenting. They're like, G- what's her bra yeah, size? And he's G- like, I'll go check. Yeah, yeah. GTFO, the movie. Yeah. 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 There, there, well, was that's no, there was no uh, sexual harassment that I could see, at least uh, in the footage of Triumph of the Nerds. But anyway. Yeah, that's what they yeah, all say. If, you're, if, if one were interested in uh-huh. the story of PC history, or at least kind of like a Note version of it, check this out. It's on YouTube. It's very easy to watch. Cool. I uh, won't, but that's yep, cool. That's I expected that. And then finally, RJ, I, uh, I, the capper on this uh, computer documentary run, Revolution OS. RJ, are you familiar with mm. Linux? Yeah, I know Linux. Yep. Uh, what do you know? What What do you know about Linux in general? I know, what do you want to know well, about Linux? All, all, like, all, what can't I tell what, you? All I know about Linux is that uh, a documentary about Linux is probably is uninteresting. And poorly presented as imaginable, because that's usually how huh. conversations about Linux go. Okay, so how was the documentary? <laughs> not very good. Not very good oh, at all. Yeah. So this this came out in two thousand one. It is just like not a very well made documentary. I feel like I left, I watched it, and then I left leaving. I left it knowing nothing about Linux. Like it's it's kind of amazing. This thing's an hour and a half long, and yeah. I still like I know as much as I did going in, and. So what, I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? I don't know. Well, what did you do? I don't know. I have no what idea. What are we what doing ha- now? I don't know. There was no revolution. <laughs> mm, that's yeah. That was that was sad. a that was a bust. But all the other the other three were quite good. I liked I liked all of them. They, people should definitely watch them if they give a shit. Hey, did you watch Game of Thrones? I haven't. Oh really? Nope. Okay, well I'll give you my spoiler free review. Not much happened. That's exactly uh, what I have picked up on. The fact that save it for Sunday, watch the the last weeks, and then watch the next one because you'll probably get more out of that. Yeah, that seems to be uh, the vibe I got. Because the fact that like no one was like losing their mind about it the first day, I was like, huh. You know what though? Okay, I'm gonna level with you here, RJ. This this hypeness around this final season has really turned me off the show. Is it is it like Fight Club levels for you? Ah, a little bit. It's like that. I'm a contrarian by nature, maybe, and I'm like, I don't want any club that have me in it. So, I don't know. I was on the ground floor of that show. I've watched them all as they aired, and that that two years off though, it makes that much like less important. Uh, And plus, it's like, well, they're just gonna like they're gonna botch it. Like, it's not gonna be like the books well, because they can't be and uh i'll get to it when it's, it's always going to be there it's like any tv show at this point for me yeah well there's only going to be seven more episodes so it's not going to be a long uh conversation nope it'll be done in two months yep and then and then uh maybe that watchman show will be on 
Am I right? Oh. Hey, Arjun. Loser sounds. Yeah, what? You got any any news for us? Nah. Okay. Well, I got some July releases to talk about from Criterion. Anything good? Well, we've got Do the Right Thing coming to Blu-ray. Uh-huh. We have Michael Radford's 1984 adaptation. Okay. From 1984. That's uh, that that, with John Hurt. Uh, Yeah, I like this movie. Some people are cool on it. I think the first time I watched it, I was like, eh, I don't know. And then subsequent viewings, I'm like, this movie's really good. And uh, yeah, I think it's a great, it's a great inclusion in this collection. Uh, If you say so. We've got Alan Pakula's Clute. Part of his oh, uh, clute, hey? yeah, good old clute with Donnie Sutherland. Uh, I've seen this movie once, and I thought it was kind of a slog, uh, clute, especially, hey? especially compared to like other Pakula movies, which are pretty awesome. His like conspiracy uh, trilogy. Uh, this mm. one, this this one's like the lesser of the three, like all the presidents men. Uh, Parallax view, mm-hmm. Parallax view. Pretty fucking. Is that sure. is that based on the Green Lantern villain? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, hey, did you see there was an image of Swamp Thing this that came out today? Yeah, I also heard that the season has ended prematurely for some reason. Apparently, it's up in the air. And people don't know what's going on. Mm, I so, but I have not seen the Swamp Thing. It's Swamp Thing. Okay. I, I don't know. That was well, is it better than Wes Craven's vision? It's actually it. It kind of looks close. Like it's just a dark image of grass. Oh, and muck. So you don't really see much, but okay. Anyways, keep telling me about these Criterion movies that we mm. allegedly like. Well, we got the Fast Binder trilogy coming to Blu-ray. Uh, is that good? Well, I haven't done the math to see if the HD release of this is going to coincide with us watching it because I think we were watching mm. those three movies this year. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, we got The Baker's Wife, directed by Marcel Pagnol from 1938 or something. This sounds like oh. cuck business, as only the Criterion Collection can bring you. <laughs> Why do they do cucks so much? I don't know. And then we have Europa Europa from 1990, directed by uh, Agnieszka Holland, uh, not to be confused with oh, sure. Europa from 1991, directed by Lars von Trier. Oh, that guy sucks. <laughs> you agree. You watched one movie by him. Yeah, you know what? That sucked. Movie, that movie's not very good. But he's made yeah. much better movies. Doubtful. That's it, RJ. Yeah, I know that's it. It's it's time to put smiles on faces. And we're erections on, in pants. Uh, wow, that really uh, changes what I was going to say next. I'll say, and then we're going to go to the schoolyard and play some hot Jared. scotch. And RJ's talking about boners in pants like a I fucking I didn't know what monster. you were going to say. God damn it, RJ. Edit this out. You can't this is work. a character you, I you do for the podcast. You can't work with children now. This is a character I do for the podcast. It has no reflection of my people, personal viewpoints people, or opinions. Don't leave your kids unsupervised with RJ. This has no bearings on my actual views, and I am a good person in real life. Jared's a bad guy. Bad hombre. Hidden in the dashboard The unseen mechanized eye And the sun
basic function to prime the Take a look at this man. You've seen him before. He used to be one of our best CIA agents. I could make a run for it, you know. Come on, Yaska. You running, me chasing you, we'd look like Laurel and Hardy. And this woman, another familiar face. Her sharp tongue. Oh, where have you been, you old goat? And her quick wit. You're insane. Made her a doggone good spy. But now, these two are wanted all over the world for threatening to sing about every secret they know. And Pollard says that a guy that looked like him crossed over into Switzerland a couple of days ago singing The Barber of Seville. Walter Matthau and Glenda Jackson are playing a game called... Hopscotch. Good title. And from tall orders in Washington... I thought you were taller. I don't remember you being this short. How'd you get so short? High stakes in Salzburg. How much can you afford to lose? And fireworks in Savannah. This is the FBI. We've got you surrounded. You're shooting for us. 8,000 pains and you hit one of them. They tie the CIA in nuts. Joe Cutter is tied to a chair in his room. You'd better cut him loose. Who is this? This is Eleanor Roosevelt. They run rings around the FBI and take the Kremlin for a ride by keeping one jump ahead of everyone. He is back in London. And your fly is to Martinique. Bermuda? To hide out in my house. I need your help. Oh, no. No, I'm very sorry, no. Don't look at me like that, no. Walter Matthau. I'd like to charter a seaplane. Um, can I have my clip back, please? Oh. Glenda Jackson. Need a scorecard to know who the players are. Even then, it's fuzzy. Herbert Lom, Sam Waterston, and Ned Beatty. This is a mistake! In Hopscotch. I'm gonna tell the truth. Oh, it's a work of fiction. Oh. Nobody's had this much fun since the days they made house calls. I'm just trying to have some fun. We are both mad. Mad, gone. Bad. Bad. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Hopscotch from 1980, directed by Ronald Neem. The tagline for the film, The most dangerous man in the world. He's about to expose the CIA, the FBI, the KGB, and himself. <gasps> when CIA operative Miles Kendig de- uh, deliberately lets KGB agent Yaskov oh get away, his boss threatens to retire him. Kendig beats him to it, however, destroying his own records and traveling to Austria, where he begins work on a memoir that will expose all his former agency's covert practices. The CIA catches wind of the book and sends other agents after him, initiating a frenetic game of cat and mouse that spans the globe. Does it? 
Yeah. Oh yeah, it does. I there's, guess there's there's some globe trotting. It's pretty descriptive, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's it's accurate. Yeah. So RJ, this was my maiden yeah. voyage on that Criterion Channel. Really, it was mine. Also, I popped that son of a bitch on the Amazon Fire Stick. I let her rip, and uh, I'm happy to say there were no issues. Yep, me too. You too? Me no issues. You were skeptical for sure. Well, I've I I had some friends that had some issues apparently, but they were uh, what was their medium uh, or like their device using their iPad and just like trying to like HDMI plug it into their TV, oh. and uh, they're like it's not working because of like DRM crap. And it's like, um, I, don't, I don't know anything about that business, but. No, neither do I. Yeah. And, you know, the invasion of having Amazon Alexa in your house. Good times. Oh, yeah. But you have to press the button. Oh, for yeah. Wink. Wink. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's when you hear the wink. Did you make sure you went and turned off all your uh, privacy settings so that they can't just, like, collect your data? No, <laughs> that's the, no one. What died. are they? What are they? Are, so are are you telling me that they're gonna see that I searched up Danny DeVito naked like six times yesterday? Well, they already have, and they're hearing it again for a second time yep. now. That's right. They're listening to this podcast. I got nothing to hide. I don't give a shit. Bring Any, it on. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So hopscotch. Uh, yeah, hopscotch. I was not looking forward to watching this movie because. Really? Well, okay, because Why? this movie is directed by Ronald Neem, who directed Horse's oh. Mouth with Alec Guinness, and yeah, that movie was not very good. And so I was like, yeah. oh, man, a 1980s comedy from the same guy? This is going to be shitty. And RJ, mm-hmm. I'm glad to report that I was wrong, and this movie yep. is quite a charming affair uh you got that right it's got that that right feel of like more of a it feels more like a 70s movie because it was probably actually shot in 1979 uh and yeah it's got goddamn ned Beatty who is just dropping Mm f-bombs left and right Mm -hmm. all day long it's got oh yeah uh was it sam mccoy law and order sam waterston uh yeah yeah being uh being the nice guy cia man and um America's finest treasure, Walter Matthau, stars in this movie. I don't know yes, if there's like a. Does. I don't know. There's not. Wait, a, did you call him America's treasure? Yeah. That's uh. Oh no, I was gonna say John Goodman, but he's America's sweetheart. Yeah, there's see. There is yeah. a subtle difference there. You're yeah. right. Yeah, you're right. And then Mel Gibson's God's gift of man. No, Mel Gibson is the fallen son. Oh, okay. And then uh, Brad Dourif is God's ah, favorite son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. There, there these are subtle differences, yeah. but if you don't get them right, Th- this is the, I will the, leave the, the podcast. The, the, this is the pantheon. This is what we are dealing with on well, a daily basis. Well, here we now mint Walter Matthau as uh, mm-hmm. America's finest treasure. Okay, I'm okay with that. Okay, for sure. Yeah. So this movie, uh, it, it's a spy movie, which I'm also mm-hmm. generally not a fan of, and this is a comedy spy movie. So it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, that's like two strikes. But uh, unlike some comedies, this one's actually pretty charming, pretty pretty yes, sweet. Is. And Walter Matthau, man, that guy could turn a phrase. He he takes oh, he takes the, he takes all these lines of dialogue. And man, if he just says stuff, and it's it's goddamn hilarious. He's, mm-hmm. He has that uh, I don't know, I don't know what his accent is actually. I don't know where where it uh, where he grew up, but he has this particular manner of speaking. He's American, Jarrett. But what part of America? 
Okay, well, it doesn't say on his letterbox because I don't know why. But why don't I check it out yeah, while yeah. you continue right. to talk about things? I, I, oh, I, hey, Jared, did you ever know that he is from New York, New York? That sounds about Born right. in Creeptober, Creeptober 1st, 1920. And he died at the ripe young age of 80 on July 1st of 2000. Good Such God. a shame. So long ago now. It is, it's yeah. It's going to be 20 years right away. Yeah, I sure oh. guessed the New York thing. Um one yeah, thing, of course, <laughs> but it's like it's kind of like a more like even more Easterner kind of uh, flavor to it. Like a, yeah, he a just Connecticut has an accent. Yeah, yeah. But it's, but every line he reads, it just sounds that much funnier because he just, oh hi there. <laughs> oh, uh, hi. I don't remember you being so short. Yep. Uh, there's the one line that I think I sent you while watching this yeah. about, uh, "Are you some kind of wine salesman?" <laughs> Are you a wine salesperson? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite was uh, when he, he meets Ned Betty and he's like, I don't remember you being so short. Were you always such a short person? And it's just like, the, it's awesome. The delivery on that line is terrific. Yeah. But keep going about Walter Matthau and how he is one of the greatest men we've ever had. Well, uh, yeah, as we talked about, or in the pre- whatever, or as you talked about in the preamble, uh, you mm-hmm. you got caught up on some Walter Matthau, some failsafe, some Dennis yep. the Menace, um, very uh, different degrees of Walter yeah. Matthau, from like super serious and intimidating and failsafe to probably one of his best performances, and I think in still critically acclaimed film, Dennis the Menace. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he is out. He's got range, Jarrett. He can do it all. Yeah, he can do it all. Uh, so yeah, so this is a spy movie. Opens up, it's yes, it o- it's Oktoberfest, and uh, he's doing that spy thing, taking pictures, and then there's some you know agenting, and like guys know who's who, and they're talking very straightforward and talking out the side of their mouths, all the usual kind of tropes of it. And then the movie kind of shifts down gears, and it's like, why did you just let that guy walk away? Why why didn't you kill him? Why didn't you do your job? And he's like, well, I'm I, I don't roll that way. We find out over the course of the movie that he, if he carries a gun, there's no bullets in it, and he only uses an empty gun to basically uh, get the same effect over because he doesn't want to actually kill anybody. He's beyond that. He's like a he's, he's elevated. Yeah, he's a, he's like a, a monk almost. He's mm-hmm. uh, that level of chillness, and mm-hmm. uh, he's going to prove uh, he's going to prove a point to his superiors and those the young scamp CI agents, and he sets them on a wild goose chase because he's decided. Uh, to get back at them for basically shunning him off to like a a back room, he's just going to quit instead, and he's going to write a book, mm-hmm. and he's going to tell the world just how incompetent the whole spy community is, which also leads to them wanting to silence him one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there's and that's the comedy is all the different sort of like, it's like not this like laugh out loud, oh my god, I'm dying laughing watching no. hopscotch, but it's just like no, this movie's like so charming. Uh, yeah. And one thing, it's like, it looks like a 70s thriller in a, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, it has the look and clothing uh, that I love. And I felt like I'm right at home watching, like, Network. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. hop- but instead, it's hopscotch. This also, though, RJ, I don't know. I'm going to throw this out there. This feels mm-hmm. like an extremely uncriterion film. Yeah, I agree with you. Because I was watching this, and uh, just to... Like, just to say up front, I actually really like this, too. But I was watching it, and I was like, I don't really know what was Criterion about this, because um, it reminded me of Charade quite a bit. But at the same time, I was like, I think Charade had 
more going for it, like in terms of all all that was put together. Sure. But like I like this I like this too, and I guess you could say the same for Charade. It's like I don't know if Charade is even that much of a Criterion movie. Um, maybe I don't know. I, I I'd but, say sure, because uh, it's got some style to it. Whereas Hopscotch yeah. is very like it. J- it feels exactly like a lot of movies did in 1980. Like it feels yeah. um, representative of the era rather than a movie that stands out, and that's not a bad thing. Um, yeah, like this feels like something that like. Kino Studio Classics would put out now. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like someone's it's someone's favorite movie. They watched one matinee or something like that. So it's yeah. really like unexpected coming across this movie and being like, this is actually like a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. It was it was really refreshing, especially after Rat Catcher Week and before yeah. <laughs> before uh, next week's uh, action paced sci fi film. Uh, it was it was just like man, what a what a nice fun movie to just just enjoy that was how i felt i was like i'm just having a good time with this thing why not yeah why um, not some some facts for you rj Ooh, so this uh, screenplay is based on a novel mm-hmm. by a guy named brian garfield are you aware okay. of brian garfield as a novelist i know garfield he, uh the the cat yeah who loves well, lasagna brian garfield he wrote a, a novel that called okay. death wish that, uh, that that went on oh. that went on to become the Charles Bronson vehicle we all know and love. What about Garfield the cat? Uh, that's Jim Davis's terrain, his, okay. his domain. Different he, guys. Yeah, yeah. Then he wrote Death Sentence, uh, which mm-hmm. became the Kevin Bacon vehicle that we all know and love. Uh, and they had the Hopscotch novel. It won uh, the Edgar Award for best novel of the year. So I guess of there's what year? a year, a nineteen seventy five. Mm, there wasn't much competition that year, though. Maybe. I'll take your word for it. You Trust seem me. To, you seem to know your stuff. If you say something with confidence, no one will challenge you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, this is like a, for a movie that I enjoy this much, it's kind of a tough one to talk about. It, it This movie yeah. really typifies the shaggy dog story that people throw, mm-hmm. say that term a lot. And I don't know if they ever use it accurately, but this movie. What does it mean to you? To me, it means hopscotch. It's just this movie that kind of, it's just like this like unending kind of version of one story about like one, one central premise. And it just kind of keeps going and going and going. And mm-hmm. there's, there's no real direction to it. And you feel like, and then, but then, but then this happens. And then that kind of, to me, is this vibe. And that's what this movie has. It, it, yeah. You know, it's like no one's ever going to get killed. No one's like life's really on the line. Everyone's kind of like, mm-hmm. kinda, like again everything's okay even though it's like hey we're, we're, they're gonna put a bolt in your head and it's like yeah i'm not too worried about it and and he tells the audience yeah don't don't stress the small yeah, stuff don't be. yeah don't be worried about yeah. me mm-hmm. and uh you get oh a, were you done i don't know and then you get you just get to hang out oh. with uh old, old walter and his uh his lovely face his great demeanor mm-hmm. uh he has to shack up. And of course it's like great. Cause uh, in the James Bond film, you get the nice big sexy seduction scene here. Ooh. We have uh Glenda Jackson and uh, Walter. They, they like, they, they hook up, but like the next thing you see, she's in bed and he's like going to get breakfast in bed for her. And he's just wearing like mm-hmm. a t-shirt and pajamas. Cause it's like, well, yeah, it's like a country house. It's probably a little chilly yeah. in there. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so real. It's just like real life. And the windows opening is like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't open that window. What's going on here? It doesn't. I don't think the movie tries to be like 
more than is possible in the realm of people and like things that normal people do because it doesn't seem like that they're just like hanging out and it's not like they're like old people they don't meet up and just like bone down real hard all the time when they meet up like one of my favorite things in this she's like you want to go get some food he's like what about like some ham and eggs and a beer ham and and eggs ham and eggs and a beer and she's like all right and then they play gin rummy for a while and then they're like all right do you want to go bone down now and they're like yeah sure let's go but then it's like you said, it's it's nice in the next morning because he's just he's a regular guy. He's like, I made you some coffee. I got some croissants here for you. I put a flower in the pot. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, Jared. Real, real nice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know about you, but we got some of that classy music in this movie too. We get that we get what some kind? Of that Mozart. Oh. Yeah, that real classy as in classical. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I found it endearing in this where I feel like in other movies it could come off as, I don't know, pompous maybe or something like that. But I feel like uh, classy music is often used in comedy as in like Looney, yeah. Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. It's it's just it's a nice little character feature for him that he's he's just like, I love opera. I love classical music. He's a classy it's guy. Awesome. He's a classy guy. And I, I just love the way he uses it too where he just listens to it all the time. But... When he's like writing his memoirs in uh, Ned Betty's house and he plays the music and then he just gets the picture of him and puts it right beside him and he's talking to the picture. He's like, all right, this is what we're going to do now, buddy. He's like, it's you and me all the way. It's such, I don't know. He's so, he's so fun to watch. You just, he's lovable. Even when he's a grumpy old man, Jared, he's lovable. Did you watch, have you seen Grumpy Old Men yet? Mm, I've seen. This was was your time to watch it, Jared. Yeah, I know. Because when is he ever going to come back into the Criterion? I'm not sure. Well, like, I don't think there's any of his, like, take, or, well, he was in Sherrod. Sherrod. Failsafe isn't in there. Is Bigger Than Life or A Face in the yes, Crowd? Yes, it is. Yes, yes. Bigger Than Both? Yes. Okay, well, next wow. time. Yeah, actually, they both are now, because Face in the Crowd just came out. Okay, well, next time when we watch him, can you watch Grumpy Old Men, Grumpier Old Men, and then also Dennis the Menace? You're going to have to hold me to it. I will. I'll make sure you watch that, and I'll watch IQ, that movie where he plays Einstein. Oh, IQ? What about Roman Polanski's Pirates? That sounds fun. Uh, Yeah, that that might be okay. I'm going to watch that. Captain Red runs a hardy pirate ship with the able assistance of Frog. Cool. <laughs> nice. So, hey, Hopscotch, RJ. Yeah, okay, so I really like Hopscotch. Uh, I've mentioned a few times already. It's just, I don't know, it's it's really entertaining. Uh, I think it is funny, and it's not in the way that, uh, like how you were saying, it's not like, they don't try to be like slapstick or goofy or not even over the top comedy it's just they're not they don't lay it on too thick or heavy because most of the time the movie is just about him getting back at these people and then there are just elements of that that are humorous and i think that that's it's so effective in the way that they use it where it's not it's not the focal point like the humor isn't the focal point but it comes up enough that it it can be classified as a comedy i think it sets it sets it up so good in the intro when he not in the scene where 
he meets like the Russian spy and there's all those pretzels hanging out. Uh, but when he goes to Ned Betty's office and like the level of pettiness between the two of them where he like comes into Ned Betty's office and he's like, I, I don't remember you being that short. And he's talking to him. And then in between, like in the middle of talking, Ned Betty picks, picks up the phone, Betty. dials his wife and then just has a personal conversation with her on the phone while he's like, while Walter Matha was talking to him and he's like, uh, Okay, so he's like oh. he gets up and walks around, and then you see it's like picture in so Ned Betty's office are pictures yeah. of Ned Betty everywhere. Betty and I, Ned Betty, isn't it Betty or is Be- it Beatty? Beatty. Ned Betty, you know Ned Betty. Well, Ned Beatty, the guy from Deliverance, right? Yep. Okay, well, when it's him, Ned Beatty, or Warren Beatty, are they brothers or something? Are they related? No. doesn't matter i guess so anyways <laughs> it's just like pictures of him in his own office like you get a really good sense immediately who he is and then the way that they interact with each other so i think that's awesome uh i also think that walter matho and the lady in this um what was her name it's not gladys right glenda jackson yeah i think they have a really good chemistry together where it's like how you we were talking about how Walter Matthau has a certain delivery of his dialogue or like just how he speaks. I think she kind of bounces that back really well where I think they they had they just had a really nice demeanor with each other. And I like how they don't downplay her where uh, Walter Matthau is talking about that lady or he's talking about Ned Betty and uh, Glenda Jackson's like, oh, he was a real see you next Tuesday and I was like, whoa, I was like, I wasn't expecting that in this fucking movie. Uh, so I, I like that they let her. she she was kind of badass in that sense, I think, Jared, because she's just talking plain. But she also knows how to play ball, too. She's got her big. Uh, what kind of dog is that again? Um, you know, the Hound of the Baskerville dogs. Okay. What the fuck are those? Uh, Doberman. Doberman. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what the Hound of the Baskerville dog is? Is it a Doberman? Isn't it? I don't. Or is it is Doberman a hound dog? Well, there's like I don't know if it's one of those big northern or is that just dogs. like a, a general classification uh, like hound? Yeah, sure, buddy. Jared, these are the hard questions that no one has answers for. That's why they come to our podcast. That's right. Anyways, I like that Doberman too. I thought he was cool. The only thing I didn't like was that the lady set up that guy. Uh, so the Doberman was there and like being real intimidating. But then she like leaves the country. And I was like, oh, man, I was like, who's going to watch after your dog now? And I know that normal people aren't thinking of that when they watch this movie. And you probably shouldn't. But whatever. Uh, Like I was saying, I liked how Walter Matthau was a just plain guy. He liked ham and eggs. He liked beer. I liked all of his interactions with other people, like the lady pilot, how he talked to her. Like, he's just he's not like a super dashing or charming or like attractive guy. You get an exact quote. You seem like a nice man. You remind me of my father. And that's always <laughs> been my problem. That's always been my problem. Yeah. So like, he's not like this suave debonair guy, but he is so, uh, he is so likable. And like, so I guess char- he is charming. He's just not like super like dick hard, handsome or anything like that. That's what the kids say now, Jared. Like the eighteen plus, like young, 
well people see that's that's uh ned uh, Beatty's uh line in this film though is just is the, the the number of times he says fuck in this movie fuck. Uh, oh yeah so he's great and then this movie actually has like a ton of visual things that i just think were hilarious like when he's like sleeping in his car and he just has like a blanket wrapped around his head i don't know what it was i just thought it was really funny or he's he's like always spilling it spilling his beers around i was like i like that he even has a call out i think this is the first time yet that we have heard of the flat earth society oh yeah he's gonna leave his money to the flat he's earth society leave all his money to the flat earth society which i I thought this was a new thing, but apparently, oh, even oh, in the eighties, it was uh, yeah. it was an object of ridicule. Uh, ridicule. Yeah. So, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. But I, I did like that call out. The only thing this movie was missing was the classic Criterion Collection cuck scene. So there weren't any cucks in this. Well, I um, guess like you could say that like Ned Beatty's house like is like cucking him out because Walter mm-hmm. Matthau is living in his house. I would say that's a bit of a stretch and you're, you're showing your true colors here and people, people are going to pick up on that and they're going to see what you're really like. So I'd be careful. You pervert. Um, but yeah, uh, all this stuff in Ned Betty's, uh, house is awesome. I think that stuff's really funny. I really like how he pulls up Ned Beatty's picture and just puts it beside oh, him. And he's just, like, that, I said that already, that but photo I did so his, his eyes going in two different directions. <laughs> it's, I don't know what it is. That's that's just, I don't know. That's the kind of humor that I really like. I was like, that's really funny. Uh, we also got a classic Ronald Neem prank call in this. Uh, yeah, we right. do. With an he impersonation. With an impersonation right out of the horse's mouth. But somehow, I think because Walter Matthau is quite a bit better person than Alec Guinness. Better actor, at least. Uh, I actually thought that the impersonation in this, I was like, that's fine. But it was also because it was one time. It wasn't like continuous throughout the movie. Yeah. You're just like, these prank calls are getting to be a little bit much. But And this movie holds your attention the entire time. Unlike yeah, the horse's mouth. The horse's, the horse's ass. <laughs> you ever heard of that one, Jared? I haven't. That's new. So, so I'm batting like... I don't know, over 500 for Ronald Neem because I liked the Poseidon Adventure. You're pretty warm on that, but Horse's Mouth is pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. I don't know about this. Are any of his other movies in the Criterion? Like Gambit? Like from X-Men? Yeah, from X-Men with Michael Caine and Shirley MacLaine. Gambit from X-Men? Yeah. Probably not. doesn't matter. But, uh... Yeah, man, I was uh, I was really like su- not not super surprised because I was in the same boat as you, where I was like, ah, I don't know if I'll like this hopscotch. That guy's other movie kind of stunk. Mm-hmm. Well, RJ, but, the the other movie yeah. of his that I've seen is The Odessa File, starring John Voight. And how was that? Um, the only thing I remember about this goddamn movie is uh, Corey and I watched this, and it's got this theme song to it, and it's kind of like dun 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 dun. And so from forever on, we're just like the Odessa file. <laughs> That's all we think mm. about when that thing. It's it's a very like average kind of spy movie. It's actually played straight as well. Uh, it's yeah. it's no hopscotch. That's what I'll say. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. Gambit That's cool. G- Gambit looks a little little right bald though. That movie poster. 
Do you go mean a- the X-Men? Go ahead. Remy Vabu? Tell the end, but please don't tell the beginning. And the uh, images of, uh, looks like Michael Caine putting on a giallo rape glove while looking at a woman who is squatting over in a short dress. Well, we call that the Duncan pose in this oh, side of the world. I see. Yeah. Do you know why? Um, why? You can assume, right? Yeah, I can assume. So, hey, but, yeah. uh, old, old, old Mathau, he refused, RJ, refused hmm. to film on location in Germany at the beginning there as Why? he had lost many relatives in the Holocaust. Oh, really? And, That's a bummer. Uh, but apparently uh, old Neem was able to convince him by casting Walter Mathau's son, David, and later his stepdaughter, Lucy Saroyan. Uh, David plays the CIA agent. Uh, Kendig takes prisoner after leaving Myerson's house. And, oh, like the yeah. the the buffoon? Yeah, well, he's just like, yeah, he's like jumped by the side of the road. and has That's Walter Mathau's son? That is Walter Mathau's son. Wow, what a nice little link there. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm actually going, wow. <laughs> How much fun? How much fun? Hey, you know what I liked in this movie? What? I liked all the stuff when they were eating. Because <laughs> you don't see people eat food that much in movies. But this one had a lot of people eating food. That was cool. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I think so. I also, I thought the spy games in this were actually pretty good. I was like, I like the spy stuff in here. I don't think it's like phoned in or anything like that. How do you like the, uh, that brown face at the end? Can you clarify what you mean by that? Well, so the movie ends, wraps up, uh, old Walter Matthau. He's, he's faked his death and mm-hmm. uh, he's in the clear. He's published his book and it's a bestseller because books are always bestsellers in movies. And, um, uh, he he still is like a kind of a prankster. He likes to have a little bit of fun, yeah. and a little bit of risk, and he goes into a bookstore, but he's uh, dressed up as a Sikh man, and uh, he's mm. he's very brown in it and uh, doing doing a accent, and of course uh, his uh, his his girlfriend admonishes him for like what the fuck are you doing, and he's like whoa what oh jeez and uh, that that's where it lies and I'm like to me I'm just like whatever like. I don't know. Yeah, so I already mentioned in the preamble about the cultural appropriation in Captain Marvel that um, I think there's ways that are better to do it than others. In this one, I felt like it wasn't that he was making fun of it or anything. It was his just actual assumed identity now because he was pretending to be Uh, dead. See, I got the sense that he was was doing – I think he was just like trying out like – he's now he's a bored CIA spy or or whatever. Yeah, so he dresses up in disguise all the time. Yeah, so now he's just just doing it for fun. And it's like uh, it kind of gets into that – It gets into that territory of uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia of when blackface is ever appropriate. And uh, it gets into that Lethal Weapon 5 territory (laughs) (laughs) where it's like, well, if it's convincing. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's a good point. Yeah. Good point. No, I thought Maybe. it was funny. I don't know. I wasn't offended by it, but as I've mentioned before, that I is, am that, a, that is your privilege, RJ. I'm a hetero white male that lives in North America, so yeah. well, I don't know. I thought it was funny. I, I liked how he, yeah. he played it. I didn't think it was too over the top or anything. I, I, he wasn't like... I was about to do something offensive. He wasn't like... <laughs> Like making up words and like making up gobbledygook and then talking about like certain foods that the people eat or anything like that. He was just assuming an identity for a while. So I don't know. What are you going to do? 
What are you going to do? Hey, RJ. Yes? You want to hear for some people who hate this film? Not really, because, like, <laughs> I I don't know. I uh, I had a fun time with uh, Hopscotch. Like, it's good. I, I liked it. So I don't know what the... I don't know who would dislike it. Come on. Well, RJ. Olivia, yeah. not a fan. One star. I have nothing to say about this movie, except that it's extremely bland and so boring that I fell asleep during it. And that was only partially due to the fact that I was tired. Lol. A very dull snore of a movie. Just a little sleeping pun. You know what she didn't think were snores? What? Basically basically every animated movie ever. Five stars to Brother Bear, which we've been called before. Uh, Treasure Planet. Every single Land Before Time. Uh, the Rugrats movies. All the Lion King's movies. Princess and the Frog. The Lorax. But here's another one, Jarrett. You ever heard of a movie called Call Me By Your Name? So in in between all the animated movies that are five stars, also Call Me By Your Name. But even more upsetting, when we get to half-star movies, Space Jam, that's weird because she likes animated movies so much. But here's some real weird ones. Who Framed Roger Rabbit a half a star? Very bizarre. Whoa. Forrest Gump and There Will Be Blood half stars okay well on one of those i strongly disagree which one who framed roger rabbit there will be blood she also gave half a star to the water boy uh-huh. it's weird it's weird wade how do you spell that w-a-h-d-e-y classic a dull and disengaging spy comedy with basic performances and a stale script. Is that it? That's it. Like these are these are pretty uh, uninspired pieces of uh, dismissal. Yeah, they like a lot of uh, Criterion movies, but they also gave The Room five stars, mm-hmm. which I understand is ironic. But yeah. they also just gave us five stars, mm-hmm. which is not good. But like I don't know. Mostly just Criterions, and then uh, their half-star movies are kind of what you would expect. Naked Lunch is in there, which I wasn't actually a big fan of, but I don't think it's a half-star movie. And finally, Josh, two stars. Josh who, Frazier? Just just Josh. Just Josh? Okay. Felt like burn after reading, but without the Cohen's touch. (laughs) A lot of it was underwhelming, but pleasantly easy to watch. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it wouldn't have the Coen's touch as they did not make this film. Well, no, they, they didn't direct it and, uh, they weren't, were they making movies yet? Not yet. 1980? Not yet. Oh, okay. So that's probably part of it. Yeah, that's, I think that has something to do with that too. This person has a lot of, um, like animated movies and they're five stars as well, but there's like all the Mission Impossibles and eighth grade and like some X Men movies, but a lot of their favorite films are just all Kevin Costner movies. Well, what a coincidence! Which is weird, I think. But some uh, one star movies to Criterion's like Gimme Shelter with Nail and I, uh, Sorority Babes at the Slimeball Bullorama. That's not a one star movie. We talked about that on the podcast. We have pretty good show. I liked it. Yeah, I don't know what the problem is, Jarrett. What's the problem, Jarrett? It's these people's problems. It is their problem. Well, RJ, 
I yeah. Know. I feel like this was like a, a low energy review for a movie that's actually pretty good. But it's like it's hard to like pinpoint the charm of it because it's just like it's, yeah. it's, but it's a movie that people should one hundred percent check out. I think it's oh uh, for sure. I think it's a actual um, hidden treasure, like much like yeah. Walter Matthau. I mean, he's an obvious treasure, but I think this film this is a secret gem. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, we we haven't like been heaping praise onto it like we have with other high quality uh, criterions that surprised us, but like. No, it's it's really good. I liked Hopscotch a lot. It's it's just kind of exactly what you said. It's kind of hard to pin down the um, the charm of the thing. Yeah, but you you got you got to see it. You do got to see it, man. It's uh, and I mean now with that Criterion Channel, exactly. There's no reason not to. If you got that Criterion Channel, you don't have an excuse anymore. And now, make sure to take us when you tell Criterion Channel that you watched Hopscotch for some reason. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Can you take things on things that you watch? Not on, not using the channel, but definitely on social just, media. Just direct all of your attention, uh, like Twitters and Instagrams, to them, and be like, "Hey, did you know that this was covered on the Global Phenom podcast? Mm-hmm. Yep. International success, the Criterion Creeps." Yeah, that's right. It's true. And next week we're going intergalactic. Ooh, what a fucking like! What is that called? Transition. Yeah. Well, more on that. After the break, uh, while we're getting there, we're faking our deaths, but I'm not. I actually, I'm faking my death. RJ's going to be in the plane that crashes and dies. Yeah, but who's going to be worse off though? Because after that, you're going to be in brown face. You're going to be in seek face. Which one's worse, man? Mm-hmm. I, I think I'd make better choices than uh, uh, Ken Dig did there. But who am I to say? I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. one so a dead one no i would just be like uh do you know like pink panther yeah i'd be like that like i know he was a detective no no pink panther was a thief and then there's a specter clouseau yeah i'd be like clouseau or i would say like do you know mr bean i'm aware i'd be i'd be the mr bean of spies you could be like um, Bill Murray, the spy. In which spy movie? What's Spies that? Like Us? No. Uh, I don't think he's even in that. No. <laughs> What's that movie called? It's that shitty Bill Murray movie. The Man Who Knew Too Little? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I know The Man Who Knew Too Little. That, that's like, to me, like a Mr. Bean spy type of film. Uh, sight Unseen. Sight 
Unseen. That's right. Wow. I want to be, uh, be like Jason Bourne and just beat ass, you know? And what? Beat ass. In what way? That's kind of just like in Hopscotch. That's what was missing. Walter Matthau was not beating ass enough. Though I, I do like um, his, uh, I, I do like his Zen spirit and like being like nonviolent and uh, yeah, he, I agree. Use, using his mind to uh, trip uh, electrical outlets to escape from the police. Mm. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, that was actually very good. We never talked about that. No. Look how bad we are at this podcast that we do. That's fine. You can email us at CriterionCrease at gmail.com and tell us how awesome we are at podcasting. There you go. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We've got a Mm -hmm. Patreon. We're on YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, Mm -hmm. Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Not on Spotify, but might look into that. Next week, RJ. Yeah? Spine 164. Mm. A little film I like to call Solaris. So do you do Solaris or Solaris? Because I've heard both. Uh, I'll find out next week. Well, I'll see how I feel. Well, I'm 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 serious. Like this is a big thing. People say Solaris and Solaris. 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 That seems our speed. Ned Betty. Yeah. From Ned your Betty. From, for, so yeah, from your boy Andre Tarkovsky. 1972 things are getting you know all cerebral and sci-fi here on the cast and RJ we're going to be joined by a guest listener a new guest listener perhaps Uh, uh, yes a new a new name a new friend of the show or some might say the earliest friend the longest creep indeed Creepazoid, I believe they're called. Yep. All right. Tune I'm in. ready. Tune in next week, folks. It's going to be a yeah, humdinger. Or don't. or don't. Cancel order. Yep. <laughs> Cancel order. Sad. Good night. Um, yeah.